All right, folks. Welcome once again to another rousing episode of Anarchy in Space. Spurs. I decided to be the bass part this time. Nice. I am Nikki B here, as always, with my good friend Eric Heiler. How are you doing today, Eric? Uh, doing doing fantabulous. You guys can't see this, but he is just putting the LaCroix down. Yes. That's La Cola, so it tastes kind of, sort of like a Coke, maybe. It, it, sound, it, it, it tastes like it was in a refrigerator next to some Coke at one point in time. Right. Not even, not even close to it in the refrigerator. It was like far apart. I was going to say it mostly got the, the, the flavor of the can, but a little hint of the idea that Coke exists in the world is there. A faint whisper. It suggests that somewhere else on the planet there is an actual Coke. That's right. That's right. It's the idea that there is a Coke that is there. So we are here to talk about uh, episode number nine of season two of The Expanse on this episode number 19 of Anarchy in Space. Yep. And we had a fun one. It was, it's, it's weird because like when I, I think back on the episode, like a bunch of stuff happened and like all of it feels really important. But like compared to some of like the previous episodes in this season, I mean, it's, it's almost like, man. Yeah, this was like putting the brakes on a little bit. Yeah. It's like, here, let's pump the brakes and do some other stuff. Well, well, it goes from like, hey, we're we're doing like space exploration and we're working on machines getting blown up to let's go and have a talk with a bunch of uh, politicians in an office building. Right. <laughs> it's just such a change of pace. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we the only like action, quote unquote, we get is with the uh, crew of the Rocinante on uh, whatever that uh, cargo ship. They- the Weeping Somnibulist. Oh, uh, so the Weeping Somnambulance. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that one because oh, that bitch fucking annoys me. <laughs> like I, I, I'm just I'm upset that Amos didn't shoot her before they left. <laughs> just just as a uh, final coup de gras. Yeah, like she just is so annoying. She's such a bad person. But we'll have some things to talk about with her. So the episode is interesting in that so much of it focuses around Bobby Draper again, and yes, the very Bobby centric episode. Bobby Draper, Martian super soldier lady, who is now on her way to Earth to meet the UN Council, and they're going to have a discussion about what happened on that planet. Yep. And, you know, Bobby gets some, she gets her chance to tell the truth and, you know, decides to be Martian. And then she gets another chance to tell the truth and decides to be a Martian over being honest with the world. Right. So, her story in this episode opens up with her talking to her commanding officer and he's, you know, he's basically there to make sure that she toes the line that she's supposed to tell and gives the story that she needs to give, which completely ignores this other entity that was down there, the man without a suit. Right. Now she goes in and you know, the, the, the talk seemed to go good. She gives her basically says everything they want her to say and she leaves the room fine. But they kind of throw a curveball that she wasn't expecting, where they basically they throw her friend who, you know, is of Earther Earther birth under the bus. Yeah. And and Bobby, for all her flaws, loyalty is probably one of the one of the biggest flaws she has is that she's loyal to a T. And she, you know, gets in an argument with her commanding officer about like, how could you do that to him? That's not true. None of what you said is true. You know, the the response is, well, he was a good soldier. He wants what's best for Mars. Yeah. So this is what's best for Mars. Yeah, pretty much just saying he did die for Mars, just not in the way that 
He thought he would. Yes, and that's exactly and that's exactly it. Everything for the cause of the state. Yeah, whatever is good for the state is what you are you are here to do. And God, I mean, if that isn't if that doesn't fucking hit home, yeah, you know, you do whatever we tell you to do, and that's what you're supposed to do. It doesn't matter, like you it doesn't matter what you think is good for the state, what what we declare. So the the UN meeting, you know, where they're trying to, I guess. What do you what do you, what do you even call it? I mean, meeting seems it's a peace summit or <laughs> something of the of the effect. There's politicians there, and uh, then there was some wheeling and dealing afterwards. Well, and, and that, so that's the thing. Yeah, they kind of come to their terms, and this is what we're gonna do. Basically, we're gonna we're each gonna kind of have a a small hard to swallow pill, but ultimately we we all get to safe base. That's all we give a shit about. Right. Well, Aaron Wright actually put it correct. He's like, nobody completely won out of this, but we all came away from the table with a little something. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, they get to blame it all on this one soldier not not following orders. So Martian get to safe base and not starting a war with Earth. Yeah. But they have to bite it on. They're going to end up paying the, the lion's share of the costs to rebuild Ganymede Station. So, you know, Aaron Wright being the uber prick that he is in the during the discussion, like, well, we also need a written letter saying that this is all your fault. And it's like, well, it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah, the Mars representative was like, no. And he goes, well, you can't, you can't, you can't blame me from trying. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, I, I, I may have put the fucking things on, on Kabash if you have power there. I'm like, fuck you. Start at ground zero, bitch. Yeah. I didn't like Mars's uh, retort to that. And it was like, well, we'll pay for the full cost if you just give us Ganymede. Yeah. We'll pay for the whole thing, but it's ours. Yeah. <laughs> give up give up the moon base. Yeah. So they've kind of got all the arrangements and then Havasarala goes and does one of those Havasarala things. She's like, well, I want to talk to Draper. Yeah. I want to be able to do a cross-examination on this. Yeah. And they're like, come on. She's been through enough. And he's like, oh, she's been through enough. I'm sorry, but I can't imagine a whole bunch of sitting has been so stressful to you superior Martian warriors. And like puts them in a place where they have to kind of. Yeah. They they can't say no because then they'd have to admit things that they, the the Martians in this whole thing literally everything that they do is about saving face yeah like they they are taking so many medications just to be on Earth and survive because wear special glasses yeah yeah because they're not used to seeing actual sunshine like they're not used to Earth's gravity they're not used to like all of the open air they're not used like. They're not used to not having roofs over their heads. Yeah, and so like when you they look up in the sky, it gets incredibly disorienting to them. Yeah, like there's a joke where Officer Rolla's uh, bodyguard guy, he uh, he's, he makes a joke about the video of the scene we saw before, which was one of the Martians. The first thing he does when he gets off the thing is like he stumbles, fall over, and starts puking his guts out. Yeah, because it's just they're not acclimated to here. But everything that they did, like. You hear his his commanding officers like get your ass up, you know. Yeah, be 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 a soldier. The idea being is that they they don't want to show any weakness. They can't they can't even admit that like this planet is hostile to them because of the the way they grew up. Their like own planet, right? It's incredibly strange. Like, but it's it's also in the same vein as like this is just that's how all of this fucking works. Like you're all just insane and putting on airs. Yeah, putting it lightly. <laughs> Psychos- psychosis is uh, rampant. <laughs> yeah, it's quite frustrating. But you know, they bring Bobby back in. They cross-examine her, and and Christian does what Christian does, and she, you know, gives a big long speech and kind of 
imparts some information that she wants to. And then, you know, to the point where the, the Martian leader is like, come on, what the hell is this about? It's, yeah. Do we have to do this? And she's like, you'll goddamn do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, oh, wait, only a Christian can. But yeah. what ends up happening is, is she eventually starts cross-examining and she gets Bobby to give up momentarily. You know, what happened? There was just that moment where the man without the spacesuit and, and that gives Christian what she needs. Yeah. But, but when it's all said and done, Bobby, like, eventually, like, Christian tells, like, the, her commanding officer to get the fuck back. I don't care whoever you are. Yeah. Let her speak. But that's enough, enough of a break to, like, the questioning to take her out of, like, the spell that she's under yeah. and get her back to, I'm a Martian soldier. I say what Mars tells me to say. Yeah. It was uh, just that brief little window that Christian needed. I was yeah. like, oh, there was, a, there was a man without a suit. Okay. Well, it gives her something to think about. Yeah. See, she's she's trying to play a lot of angles. She knows that what she knows, no matter what anyone is saying, that nothing is happening the way that anyone thinks it's happening. Right. She doesn't know what is, but she knows it's not this. So she th- that's basically the 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 entirety of like the the Bobby Draper story through this episode. You know, it's just about her going through this and ultimately deciding that she's the good soldier. She's going to do what's best for Mars, which is what Mars wants, even if it like kind of fucks with her own sanity. Um, the one other thing that I really want to note that was just fucking hilarious to, for people of our persuasion is that while, while Christian has given her little speech to Bobby, she's kind of discussing, well, this is like the, the Martian vision of the world and this is the Earth vision of the world. Right. <laughs> and, and I couldn't help but just address the fact that, wow, What's new? Socialists arguing over which which way to socialism is better than the other way to, to socialism. Yeah, it was uh, pretty funny. She was like, yeah, people here on Earth, they uh, live off of basic assistance. It's not that they're lazy, but you Martians call them takers. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, we just don't have enough opportunity for them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Meaning the government can't create it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, because governments don't create shit. They just take. That's right. So essentially, yes, both the Martians are correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and but the thing is, is it's it's also you know in the same vein the uh, what do I want to say here the the Martians you know they take away all the basic freedom like every person in Mars serves in the military yeah like that's how they do it it's it's like in one hand you kind of have your freedom sort of freedom to the <laughs> you have your freedom to the dole or yeah. you have the freedom to be a slave like an outright slave like either way you're a slave like at the point you're two people arguing about which version of slavery is better yeah and i mean it, to me it was just so upfront and in your face and obvious like how insane the whole conversation was obviously nobody in that room is thinking of it that way they're just thinking of which grand vision they like more yeah which is what everything boils down to is grand visions grand illusions maybe <sighs> great album <laughs> so moving along from there uh we have a scene a little bit earlier where you have aaron wright is kind of talking to chris jen and her her body man's there it's where he actually makes the joke about hey you want to watch a video of this martian puking getting off the ship that's good for a cheap laugh yeah which is meant to be an insult to aaron wright who's just basically being his normal prick bag self but the story they're they're asking so do you actually buy this thing whole he hasn't been in contact with uh Mao, you know, since whatever happened? He's like, 
if it, it basically is like, well, if he has, he's really fucking good at covering his tracks. So, right now we know that Mao kind of cut him off because fuck you, I don't need you anymore. But they're still operating in the world where he's maybe some nefarious person who's still doing some double dealing. Yep. And um, what else we got going on here? So the next thing that I think is the most important is the kind of like the the B storyline to this is that you have uh, a man on the inside, which we find out in that conversation with Christian and, uh, you know, her man. Yeah. And it's it's that doctor that we saw a couple episodes back, I believe, who yeah. managed to get himself on the ship headed to Venus. And a lot of the episode is actually him talking to the commanding officer on there, you know, who thinks he's just a, fanta- a, a man of magic who is refuses to believe in reality and thinks that, you know, the fantasy of things that we don't understand is, you know, just that fantasy. Yeah. He even brought up uh, Fermi's paradox there, which was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the guy picks on him about it. He's like, yeah, that, he's, I thought you were, you're bringing up uh, an equation and that's just a, that's just a cartoon there basically. Yeah. You know, he gives this story about how I was a boy. I used to come up with more and more amazing stories for how the stars were up there, bug the shit out of my old man. And, and then eventually I learned that how the stars really were up there. And it was more amazing than anything I could have come up with. Right. You know, just this a hyper-rational human being is the idea. Yeah. It's a little little frustrating. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> so on top of that, we, uh, we, we get the big reveal at this point. Now, and I don't think anyone else knows, but they're on a mission to Venus to find out if the rocks that they threw in there, Eros, whatever, if anything's going on. Right. And I think the big reveal is that, oh, shit, there is something going on. What we thought was over is not over. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the, the, the CEO in this situation who's just bound to determine to believe that this is a Martian super weapon. And, you know, he's one of those people that's just chomping at the bit to go and stick it to Russia. because See, how he says, you know, that stick it to Mars because they have, uh, you know, they're they're clearly you know trying trying to move something. Obviously, we know that's not the case. But I guess that's the thing is that well, the one interesting thing I found in all of this, and when we're talking about like the UN Martian stuff, is that it doesn't matter what story or what it actually happened. Everyone is just picking and choosing the elements that they like to decide what uh, basically to reinforce their own narrative. You know. If you believe them, it was the Martians. Every piece of data you get is going to make it seem more and more like it was the Martians. If you think it was the Earthers, you know, every piece of data you see is going to make it seem more and more like it was the Earthers. You're the Belters. You kind of doesn't make make a difference. Every it's just something to exploit to blame it on one of the other ones to kind of work an angle so that you guys can get what you want. Everything just helps build your own narrative. Yeah, and I mean that's gen generally how things work in reality. It doesn't matter what the story is. You're going to make the story make what you believe makes sense. Yeah. You know, your, your a priori are <laughs> what you're going <laughs> to end up with no matter what. You know, changing minds is a, is fantasy in most cases. Yeah. Confirmation bias abounds. So, um, I think that's everything we got before we get to like the Rossinante section of Star Wars. So, like, to me is almost like the, the C story. It's not like it's important, but it's, yeah, they don't spend a lot of time on it. So, yeah, to me, it kind of seems like they were setting it up for next episode. What was going to happen there? <laughs> so, the the Rossi crew. What we 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 start out with is the uh, they're 
passenger, the Asian gentleman, who is, I'm going to say, trying to send a message of apology to the family of that woman that went out the airlock, the one who saved him. Right. I mean, he leaves the part where she went out in airlock, but just says that she was injured in transit and he owes her everything. And he, you know, is sorry. He's trying to send a message out and he can't and he's freaking the fuck out. Why can't I send this message? The reason he can't send the message is because they have all, you know, transmissions blocked so they don't draw attention to what they're doing. Yeah. And what they're doing is, uh, well, in the first, I think it's the very, very first scene of this. We have basically some guys, these two people we've never seen before. It look like they're on some random ship. Yeah, heading towards Ganymede. Yes, and they're getting, uh, they're, <clears throat> well, we have had just a routine inspection. And then these people in Martian uh, battle armor come in and demand to see the ship. Yeah, we want to search it. And God, this fucking woman is un- insufferable. Just, yeah, she was, uh, she was a little bit high strung right, right at the beginning. Oh, dude, she's so fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know, we're a registered ship. You know, you don't have to see us. Yeah. Just wasting time. She was, everything she did was just fucking insane. <laughs> but so eventually you get, you get, you get moving along. They go back to the room and, and they're like, well, we're going to need to commandeer your ship. And then she's like, well, fuck you, Will. Kind of like that thing. Yeah. And attacks him. And then all of a sudden we see, oh, it's James Holden under the mask. Yeah. And and what's that? Oh, the jig is up, so now we got Amos right next to him. Yeah. And they're the two Martian soldiers that were trying to commandeer this ship. And what it turns out is this is a supply ship headed to Ganymede with resources to help, you know, this, the people that are fucked up over there. And... Yep, to start rebuilding. Yes. And the situation is that they need to get on that planet without eyes coming at them because they're trying to trying to get in unnoticed and without spooking anyone so that they can find out who the fuck this doctor fellow is. Right. And they end up uh, pissing off this woman, but they do end up commandeering the ship. Um, they end up making it to Ganymede, and this woman just wants them fucking gone. They arrive there, they explain what's going to happen, and then the part of the explanation is, well, they're going to come on and they're going to take 10% of the, the surplus. Or 10% of our stock, which is, you know, the the tax for doing business in a, you know, this kind of world, I guess. Um, it's basically, that's the extortion price. So you get out of this by giving us 10% of the best shit, and then you can give the rest to whoever. The problem is, so as the Rossi crew is leaving their ship, or leaving the uh, vessel, they notice something's up with the guys going in. And what we find out is that the people are going in there, it, the ten percent deal's off. They want to get the fuck off the planet, and they're going to take the ship now. Yeah, so they're going to take everything on it and the ship, and shut your fucking mouth and be happy with it. Now Holden is Holden, and he can't avoid being a hero. So him and Amos charge back in and start fucking blasting, killing the guys. Yeah, and they do. The problem is, is that during the crossfire, the other gentleman on that ship, the the nice guy, yeah, gets uh catches a stray. And dies. And the the dumb cunt, as I will refer to her, is... <laughs> the DC. <laughs> screaming and shrieking and... Ah, you yeah. murderer, this is all your fault. Even though they would have definitely been both dead. Right. Like, they would have shot both of them and taken the ship. She was not surviving this. They gave her a life. Yeah. But, you know, I guess the big thing is, is that uh, they kind of took that option away from her. This is one of those things where I, I'm... Within, like, ANCAP theory, it's always a big deal. Like, <laughs> do you go and save the person if, unless without being expressly asked to save them? True. Because 
you know, maybe they just wanted to die. Maybe they were okay with it. Like, is is there going to be retaliation that's going to be worse than what would have happened? There's a lot of things that go unanswered in those situations. Um, I get the impression this woman would have rather have been dead than live without her, you know, yeah. partner there. So, either way, she is incredibly fucking annoying and never shuts up about screaming and being a bitch. Yeah. And I'm really sad Amos doesn't kill her. <laughs> sad Amos didn't do Amos shit. Yeah, it's all you're hoping, Amos to do Amos shit. <laughs> but they go, and they start their their search on uh, Ganymede Station. So what what else we got? Is that is that cover everything for the episode? Yeah, I mean, that uh, pretty much covers everything. Uh, it was a lot of uh, the political back and forth between Mars and the UN on Earth, and then um, the ship going to Venus to try and find out what's going on there, uh, being tailed by a Martian ship that has yet to be identified. Oh, that's right. There's supposedly yeah. a Martian destroyer following them. Yeah. I wonder whose that is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of ships out in space, man. Yep. Apparently. And then the uh, the Rosinante stuff, which I think is probably setting it up for next episode, I would imagine. I mean, I think majority of the rest of the season is going to be like what's happening on Ganymede. Yep. Um, because, I mean, I know that some stuff's going to happen with the other stuff, but Ganymede is like the main core of... What's going to go on? Or is it? Dum, dum, dum. I'm going to say this. Uh, Venus is important as well for, for different reasons. Well, yeah, especially since they find out that there's unexplained activity going on. Yeah. What, at is, the going, impact zone. what is going on on this damn planet? So um, I guess what are, what are the technicals on this episode? Okay. So season two, episode nine of The Expanse uh, was titled The Weeping Somnibulist. Uh, I guess after the uh, the ship with the annoying... Uh, Trailer Park Wife on it, uh, directed by Michael Solomon, uh, written by Hallie Lambert, uh, came out March 22nd, 2017, had a .471, so a little bit of a bump from the last episode, but not at its highest. Yeah, well, eventually it's going to get somewhere, man. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so, um, anything else we need to get out on this one? Like I said, ultimately, it's 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 not the most jam-packed one, but, I mean, that's also because you're coming off of the the last three episodes, which were just insane. Yeah, I think now that it's in the second half of the season, there's stuff that some episodes need to set up in order yeah. to get it to the finale. So, yeah, I think that's what, just one of these episodes. So, what do you what do you think? What's what are your what's your vision? What do you think is going to happen in these next what, five episodes? I think. Yeah. Uh, or was it four? It's thir- yeah, it's four because there's thirteen. Yeah, thirteen in the season two. So yeah, there's a, a few episodes left. So. um I mean, does does it feel like four episodes is going to be enough to wrap up everything we see going on? Doesn't really seem like that. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like they've done quite a bit already in the uh, first half of the uh, second season. So yeah, yeah. So uh, going to be some major stuff going on on Ganymede because uh, something happened there that both sides are refusing to talk about. Um, what do you uh, what do you think is the thing with the kids? Uh, I'm thinking some kind of experiments with the proto molecule with the kids. Okay. I mean, that's kind of where I'm thinking. Okay. And what do you think is actually going on down on Venus? Oh, Proto-Molecule just set up shop. Likes its new uh, hot environment. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Well, is it the hot environment or is it just the giant? I mean, that's the thing that I was... Soaking up all the radiation from the sun? That's that's the thing that killed me was it like, okay, so this thing we can tell really likes radiation and then you throw it into a giant like... A radiation bath, basically. Because yeah. Venus has no atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. You throw it, throw it all the radiation. Like, so 
it did seem like an odd choice. Yeah. But I mean, dude, I mean, the whole the whole overarching narrative here. I mean, it's just one episode of governments acting irrational and then more governments acting irrational. Just every fucking government acting irrational <clears throat> with with uh, you know, half-cocked information that Yeah. God, I wish I I wish I could like come up with like a scenario in which that, you know, represented very plainly what's going on. You know, I can't imagine, you know, like, say, like, maybe like there's a pandemic or something supposedly <laughs> going on. And, Easy. <laughs> oh, this isn't a direct allegory? I'm, I, when did they make this show? 2017 was when this show came I, out. Is, is Probably po- filmed in 2016. I mean, I guess, is it possible that governments have just always been inept and yeah. working on half-cocked information? Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. <laughs> And the worst part is, is like I just I know going in, none of it, none of the the half cocked information like going into it, it, it doesn't get any better. Yeah, <laughs> it only gets worse, and it's frustrating. Yeah, it's government. I mean, what else? So, well, uh, unless you have anything else, boss, uh, I think that's it. No, nope, I think that's it. We'll uh, check out the next episode and then come back and and uh, chew the beef on that one. <laughs> nice. Uh, go. You can go check out me at Peace Freaks or Free Market Screen Earth. Uh, Eric has the. Uh, Rebel the Cause podcast. Yep. So go check us out, folks. Otherwise, take it easy. All right, out. Out.